Welcome to The Working Therapist, a podcast designed to help you grow in your therapy practice. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. Now here are your hosts, Hayden Bolick and Kirsty Miles. On the last podcast, we talked about shoes and feet and the physical therapist's perspective regarding shoes and feet as it dealt with infants and young kids. So we went up to about age three and we learned a lot about when to put shoes on feet and also for typical developing, low tone, high tone. We also talked about two and three year olds and their feet and the best types of shoes to look for and what to look for in a good shoe, bad shoe. And so today, Kirsty is going to walk us through three and beyond. All right, I'm ready for that. School age and beyond. School age and beyond. <laughs> but the big takeaway, I think, from last time, Kirsty, as you and I have sort of talked through that is for little people, their feet are pretty forgiving, right? Like you shared the story about your son and the fact that he wore rain boots for a year. And, you know, you can come back from that situation, even though that's not We've what- We've come a, back. <laughs> that's right. That's not really what a physical therapist wants to see. But, you know, I think you help therapists listening to be like, okay, so maybe this child isn't in the ideal shoe, but then here's some tips you can give to parents and then also helping them understand you know little kids feet are pretty mobile mobile you've got to think about development but there's a lot you can do with little feet yeah as you learn to pick your battles and what battles to fight and rain boots wasn't one of mine um getting to school and sleep were two priorities (laughs) um so uh but yeah they you have time. You have time. And once they get out of that all about me stage and you can start to reason with them and logic with them and they're at an age where we can start to this one or this one and make a choice and better choices than rain boots, you can grow into that. So just because that's what's happening now with a child on your caseload doesn't mean that's the be all end all. Doesn't mean that's forever. Doesn't mean they've been ruined and they're not going to wear the right Right. <laughs> well, and I think it's also helpful for the therapist to hear too that as they work with parents to help the parents understand like, okay, you know, say your child just wants to wear Crocs, you know, but like maybe when to use the Crocs and then when to also think about buying a different shoe and what to look for in that shoe so that they can put them in another shoe for most of the time and the Crocs a little bit of time, right? Kind of give parents some of that grace because nothing's ever perfect. And little feet can sort of adapt to perfect, non-perfect, but also what's the best shoe versus the giving options. It was a great podcast. I learned a lot. Plus, we got to talk about shoes and feet, which I like both of those things. So now, though, we're talking three and beyond. So what happens next? So school age and beyond, um, and I kind of put it into that school age because now you're thinking about, okay, I've got like they're going into preschool, kindergarten. Mm -hmm. We're going into grade school. We've got to think about what they're wearing. That's at an age where kids are impressionable and they're they care about what their peers are doing right Mm -hmm. and so well what's everybody else wearing and everybody's got jordans on or you know what what's the cool trendy thing little girls that have a a shoe for every outfit or you see a lot of kids that age wearing chuck taylors are still like a thing and what what does that really do so we're just going to move into (laughs) kind of that school age child and also kids that we visited in our last podcast about shoe tying some of our kids aren't going to be tying their shoes at the age of kindergarten and they're still working on it in the third grade. Mm -hmm. So then what do you do? Because as a parent, you know, we want our kids to look quote unquote normal and fit in with the group, right? And so a lot of times those kids aren't wearing the Velcro shoes to school, but they can't tie their shoes. So just some, again, some things to consider. So yeah, because middle schoolers, well, and I know we're not quite there yet, but middle schoolers don't want to be wearing Velcro shoes. You no. know, they don't look cool. No. And so, really, the shoemakers don't make Velcro shoes that looks cool for middle schoolers. No, they look medical. 
Yeah, they just look like clunky, ugly shoes. And everybody, I don't even want to wear those. Oh, I know. So as we move kind of up into the older group of kids, uh, school age and, and beyond, shoes are getting more structured. They're not as flimsy. They're not just to cover the foot and provide like a surface against the environment. Right. Um, there, there's more stability. <laughs> Which that's is what coming. happens for a two-year-old. Right? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Those right. little leather leather robies. That's yeah. all that is doing. There's <laughs> there's no support happening. That's right. Um, so when we're getting into our older group, um, shoes are actually providing support. And there's a number of ways to go with different shoes. Like now, there's a big group of people that are going into zero drops versus you've got the drop of a shoe. If we've got children that are still towing in, are we getting a shoe with a straighter? last or are we doing the crocs where it's causing some towing in more right so you want to look at the last of a shoe and base that on what your patient needs and also the support of the shoe so we still have kids that are lower tone that need a little more support and we can get that in some different types of sneakers but a lot of times when we're talking about shoes we're looking at sneakers Mm -hmm. because a dress shoe that doesn't really do much no. as far as support. It doesn't pass your test that you went over in the no. last podcast. We're going to bend it and we're going to twist it and it's not going to give any support. No. Is there a time and a place for those shoes? We want to dress up to go to church? Yep. Okay, wear them for those couple of hours. But yep. then we have our like regular everyday shoes that we're running around in. Yep. So a lot of times when we're talking about footwear, it's more of sneakers. Because kids aren't showing up to physical therapy in dress shoes. At least they shouldn't be. Not usually. but And if they are, because we do have girls that do. Hey, mom, I know she likes to wear those shoes. Can you bring sneakers so we can change to do our exercises? Mm -hmm. So just trying to think functionally. Because, again, is that the battle you want to fight, getting out to physical therapy? So if you won the battle of getting to physical therapy, if they're in the wrong shoes, that's another battle for another day. I'm going to grab the other ones. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Um, So we're talking about primarily sneakers. So as I mentioned before, you've got this class of zero drop sneakers. They don't have a lot of support. You can twist and bend them. And what what type of person is that good for? So a zero drop sneaker is a, give me an example. So the heel of the shoe to the front of the shoe, if it's zero drop, it's absolutely level. So an ex- a type of shoe would be like a ultra, an ultra, ultra. Huh. Okay. Um, and then most other shoes though have like either a four millimeter or six millimeter drop. So the heel is up a little bit higher than the toe, and that gives you like a little bit of forward lean. So you want a zero drop shoe, or you don't want a zero drop um, shoe? Right now. Uh, I personally don't. They're not comfortable to me, but zero drop people shoe? do wear ah. them. Mm. Um, okay. And people wear them for certain exercises or like lifting weights, but they tend to be a little bit more flimsy and bendy. So, I mean, we're not really talking about brands of shoes because no. there's a ton of different brands of shoes that make good quality sneakers. But again, they're still going to pass the test of being able to bend. If you can bend them, it's probably not a good structured shoe. If you can twist them, it's probably not a good structure stable shoe. So if you can take the heel and the toe of the shoe and bend it in half. And they up, touch. And they touch. Probably not the good shoe. Probably not a good shoe. Okay. And if you can bend it and twist it like a wet rag, not a good shoe. Not pointing out any shoes, but Toms. Yeah, probably, probably not the not best. Probably not a good shoe. So if yeah. your child's showing up to therapy in Toms, which super cute. Right, totally. Yep. It's bendy and twisty and not providing any support. Yeah. And you might be thinking, like, well, what's it matter? The six-year-old's not in pain, right? Right. But yeah. six-year-olds grow up to be 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds. And yeah. over years and years of not providing proper support to the foot, yeah. we potentially could be doing damage down the road. And I don't think there's any parent out there that's like, hey, when my child's 30, I don't care if they have knee pain or back pain or hip pain. <laughs> like, I don't 
generally think that's the consensus out there. So we want to be thinking, because we always treat across the lifespan, right? right? Even though we have a pediatric patient now, they grow up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we got to always be thinking, what's the end result? And if we can prevent damages from being done early through all the growth and development phase... Well, let's do that. So that's kind of uh, what we're talking about today is just, again, the factors to consider. So um, you want a good, stable, supportive sneaker, um, knowing that there's a time and a place for dress shoes and and Crocs, you're going to the pool, that sort of thing. Just like we talked about with the little kids, flip-flops, you have to like curl the toes down to keep them on your feet. Mm -hmm. And you also have to whip. So when you're walking around to keep them on your feet, you've got this little heel whip happening. So you're ultimately changing your gait and how you're walking Mm -hmm. and how your foot hits the floor. So something we don't think about, but just as PTs, we need to think about what's that doing to our gait mechanics and how is that affecting our walking. I can personally tell you, I have worn flip-flops on an airplane and when you're going to miss a flight and you're running through the airport and you're trying to hold flip-flops on your feet, my anterior tibs were on fire Mm. the next day. And I'm like, don't do that again. Right. But I'm like, I'm just going on a plane. Like I'm going to sensible shoes on a plane. (laughs) But I, but I was like, there's, I'm not running in them. (laughs) <laughs> until I'm running in them. <laughs> right. right. So, but if you're the same kids wearing flip-flops to school that day and forgot their gym shoes and then they have and to now they're run, running. And so they have to run for the physical fitness award a mile in gym class. That's a problem. It is. Yeah. <laughs> or they get a zero. Cause yeah, that's a problem. Yep. Mm-hmm. So just okay. some things to think about with different types of footwear. There can be a time and a place for them, but yeah. ultimately we want to be in a sneaker the majority of the time. Just like with our little kids, also with our school age that aren't yet tying shoes. So Velcro over time, it loosens up. So we're thinking like four-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, where they still make a lot of shoes in a Velcro model mm-hmm. for those types of yeah. kids, because not all kids that age are tying their shoes independently. Parents Parents want things that are independent so they can get their shoes on and off and get ready for school and Velcro it and they're not coming undone and tripping over their shoelaces. So that's an option out there. But the risk you run with that is over time, even though it's a stable shoe, the Velcro loosens up, it gets nasty with all the stuff that it picks up like hair and fur Mm -hmm. and whatever else is laying around. And so then it doesn't clothes is good. You don't get as much support through the arch. And we're talking about an age where kids are growing fast and developing and developing an arch and that calcaneus is starting to move around based by the tendons and the muscles that are pulling on it. So we want to be mindful of that and know that okay, there's other options. You want shoes that lace up and tie, but if the child's not able to do that independently, we go back to the things like the lock laces and the elastic laces where you can snug them down really good, where that you can tighten over time and you won't have that loosening like you would with Velcro. That makes sense. And I can imagine though, as kids develop and grow and as they start to develop patterns in their body and and even if they're the wrong patterns, right, they're going to want to gravitate to those shoes that might help continue those wrong patterns because they're more comfortable than the shoes that would want to teach their body to move in a different way, right? So if they're already kind of flat-footed and sort of walk, you know, like a duck, you know, then they're going to want to pick those Velcro shoes that kind of get all loosey-goosey or like, you know, nothing wrong with Vans, but Vans, I'm sure, don't pass your shoe test or the kids, like you said before, that kind of thing. So they're going to gravitate to those because the other shoes that would keep them more, like not like a duck, but more in alignment, they're not, they're not going to be as comfortable. No, and we're tweaking their gait. Right. And then different muscles are working. Right. And then they're like, oh, my hips hurt. I don't want to wear those. Right. You know, and 
that's really not even the case. It's just because they've not been used to using those muscles that they just changed ever so slightly the alignment of the lower extremity and it caused them to use things that they're not used to. So they don't want to wear them. Yeah. No. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hurts. It's kind of like when you get an orthotic for a child, you start small, you wear them for an hour or two a day and then switch out and you, you kind of got to build up. But that's where sometimes I see when therapists are like, well, I'm going to discharge them with an orthotic. And I'm like, well, who's going to monitor that orthotic? Who's going to monitor the wear schedule? Who's laying out the wear schedule? Who, how did you set that up? Like, yeah. I have so many questions about that. I'm like, wait, we can't discharge because we don't know. Did it work? Did it not work? How do they ramp up? Right. Do they have redness? Do they have blisters? We can't discharge. And how does it look in this shoe, that shoe, right? Or do you have to even think about that with the different shoes? You do. Yeah. Because I'm like, do we need to trim the orthotic so it fits in that shoe? Right. You know? Will it fit in the soccer shoe, basketball shoe, school shoe, all that do stuff? Do we need to get a different pair? So this takes us to a whole nother discussion. So now we've got people that, you know what? They don't want to wear the shoes that we're recommending. Mm. So then what are the options? So what are these teenagers we're talking about here? Yeah. God bless their little hearts. Okay. Yeah. All right. I just need to know where I was. Okay. <laughs> Teenagers. Because okay. good luck if you want to fight that battle, right? I mean. Because they already put the other shoes in their backpack and they're going to change them out as soon as they walk out the door. As they get to school. Exactly. Toddlers and teenagers are not that far off. So we're dealing with just a big. Circle of self. Yes. Bless their little <laughs> hearts. They're very, very, very all about them. But okay. So. So this is where you as a therapist, like that whole relator empathy, taking a walk around, looking at things from their perspective. I can come in with the best laid plan, right? And be like, this is what we need to get. This is what would fit you best they hear it they know it the parents on board with it and the kids like i'm not wearing that that's not happening mm -mm, mm -mm. right those are not cool i want to wear what's cool if i'm like okay wh why don't you bring in what you want to wear what's something realistic that you're you're going to expect to wear and then i'm going to look at it to see can they wear this and if we put an orthotic in this mm -hmm. are we going to get a little bit closer to where we want so this is where i'm like okay there's give and take right right if i come in with the best laid plan and nobody's going to wear the shoes and nobody's going to use it it's going to sit in the closet what's it going to do it's right. going to do nothing the parents are going to be upset because they paid the money they're going to be upset with the child because they're not going to wear it yep <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately i'm not getting what i need to help this child get better because i didn't meet in the middle right so if it's just your way versus the highway, then that's not Nobody gonna, wins. No, but yeah, yeah. So that's when I'm like, okay, bring in what you want to wear. Mm -hmm. And then we have a talk about that. Like, can I make this work? Can I not make this work? Let's put an insert in there. Let's try this. And we carry a line here at PDT. Um, it's little steps and quadriceps. So little steps is for our little people. Generally, I can get up to age eight, nine, maybe even a little beyond, depending on how big their foot is. And then going into the adolescent teenage group with the quadricep. And we've been doing a lot of these lately here in clinic and doing some special orders for people because we do see more teenagers and we mm -hmm. do see teenagers that are having knee pain and hip pain. And so, and they're wearing Chuck Taylors, mm. which doesn't pass the bendy flexi test. No. And mm -hmm. just different shoes that are not a sneaker, but that's not cool. Yeah, yeah. So then what do you mean? Put an orthotic in one of those and make it a little more therapeutic? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you put an orthotic in that, that Chuck Taylor and it's not going to bend and give as much. So I've created that stable base. Right. And is it 100% the most supportive thing that I'm going to want and expect out of a shoe? No. But am I like 75% of the way there? I'm a little bit closer. You got to speak a little bit of teenager. Right? right. Or you're not getting anywhere. No. Nowhere. I mean, you're not getting where that you want to go. No. As a therapist. <laughs> and I think that that's a really important consideration yeah. when we're working with 
older children, we've got to understand where they're coming from because they're the ones that are going to school. Kids can be cruel, right? Mm -hmm. And so if they're going to go to school and get picked on and made fun of because they're not wearing the latest thing. Or close to it, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. which is not how it should be. But, I mean, we've got to face reality too. Yeah. Yeah. And so you've got to have an understanding of that and be there to help support them in what they need, but also help to meet them. Yeah. where they're at and kids don't really understand about how their foot works and they just want what looks cool so they're not gonna think these aren't the best for my feet or whatever they're not and they're not going to care about that no yeah. but, and but for with teenagers though I think it's really fun because I love anatomy so I'm all like I'll get out pictures and I'll show them what their body's doing and explain to them and tell them how it's going to impact them down the road because I think that's pretty cool some mm-hmm. of them can get really into it some mm-hmm. of them are like Whatever. At me. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if they want to hear about it, then I'm going to share more about it so they can understand what's happening to their body because they're at an age where they can take in that information. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that's really important. But again, I think it just goes back to you got to give a little, get a little, mm-hmm. and you can't always get it 100%. Right. Yeah. I think it's, again, it kind of goes back to the same thing we talked about last week in terms of like you got to give some grace somewhere, you know, like for the parent who like maybe isn't able to buy the exact shoe maybe you want them to buy, but we can get really close to it, you know, kind of thing. And maybe money's an issue. Same thing for, for kids, for adolescents, you've got to listen to their opinion and help them understand better. Cause then sometimes through that understanding, you get buy-in. And it goes with, you know, we're talking about like more of our athletic population that might be having some knee pain and orthopedic type stuff. Mm -hmm. But this also works for kids that might need more support, might need an AFO or an SMO. And cognitively, they're very aware of what's going on around them. And I think the same discussion needs to happen for them. They don't want to wear that cumbersome brace. They don't want to wear where people can see it. So then it's like, well, let's show them different options. Are we going to get 100% of what we want and, and need out? of a brace probably not but can we get a little bit closer it's better than nothing Mm -hmm. so I think we have to think that way as therapists because if we get something just because it's a good idea for what we think then ultimately we're not going to get the buy-in we're not going to get the home carryover nobody benefits from it and we've not been conscientious of of billing insurance and using funding appropriately so I think we can't just make decisions Mm -hmm. for our patients we have to educate them that's our role and then help them to decide pros and cons and help kind of gear that conversation and shift that conversation into what would best meet their needs but with an understanding of sometimes we have to back off Mm -hmm. and I think that comes you know In graduate school, you learn a lot of like, if this is it, do this. If this is it, do this. And it doesn't always work that way in the real world. No, no, it doesn't. You have to work a lot with what you've got. You know, I know, for example, just even a kid who's playing like junior high or high school basketball or whatever, and you can tell, look in their shoes, that they're not the best, right? But sometimes even just tightening those laces or a new pair of shoelaces can go a long way to support the foot. Right. Even, Even that. And maybe that child's not even getting physical therapy or whatever, but just sometimes with the athletic trainer, because there's those at high schools, you know, just say, hey, Let's t- make, get a new pair of shoelaces. It can be something totally simple, like you're saying about the basketball player who doesn't tighten the laces all the way. I mean, it could be so basic that they just don't tighten them because they can slip them on and off without untying them and retying them. Yeah. So a while back, I had this little girl. She was probably about 9 or 10, and she did not want to wear the AFOs. Mm-hmm. And, and I could see her almost tearing up when we talked about it. And I said, so what shoes do you like to wear? 
or or what do you hope that you can wear someday? Mm-hmm. And she wanted like fancy high heels and she she had an, a vision, right? Right. And so then I spent some time talking to her about, you know, if we can't get her foot to grow and develop until she's in her 20s when she wants to wear those shoes, she's not going to be able to wear them. So that kind of hit home to her and she didn't want to go that route, but we were able to get her in something, not the most supportive thing, but I was able to get like a middle ground knowing that what she wanted for herself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that that's really important. Like they have to understand why. Yeah. I think that, I think most people have to understand why, but teenagers, especially because also in answering that why question, then it causes you as the therapist to think about, okay, why am I telling them what they're I'm telling them? Right. So it makes you sort of double check and check in with yourself, but then also gives them like some knowledge and stuff so that they start to feel like a little more, at least a little more empowered and in control. They understand the why, then, then you can get buy-in and it's their decision to want to do it, you know, mm-hmm. or, or because you're that little girl, it was her decision. She understood the why that you're talking about. So then, you know, she kind of helped direct it and you got some of what you wanted, maybe not everything, but you got some of what you wanted. So she had a little control and you ultimately could sort of get her in the direction you want her body to go anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I think we have to remember that. We have to remember our audience, right? Right. Yeah. And so I think for kids, one thing that's true about the last podcast and this one is we have to know our audience and then think also about what we want the shoes to do to support the body as this, as your audience changes and does, but shoes change as they get older. Shoes do because your body is less forgiving. Even yeah. in an adolescent, it's still less forgiving than it was in a two-year-old. And things start to hurt more. Yeah. And if you've been wearing the wrong type of thing forever, like if a child's pointing in, you know, as they're towing in, as they're walking, then their hips are going to start to hurt potentially. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But at some point, even 18, 19, 20, their hips could start hurting if they've been super athletic and active and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then one little small tweak in, in the footwear, you might think, oh, it's the footwear, but it's really your muscles that are having to adapt. Yeah. So you've got to give it some, some due time too. You can't just try it one time and be like, oh, that's not going to work right? because your body has to adapt. Yeah. So, and that's what's really important about having a physical therapist that can develop a wear schedule and kind of drive that bus for them because they don't know. If you're 20, 21, 22 and it hurts, you can't stand up for three, four hours at a time because your back starts hurting really bad. That That's problematic and probably goes back to your feet. I went around enough physical therapist Kirstie to let you know <laughs> that, right? That it probably goes back to your feet potentially, right? Yeah. This causing some of those problems maybe, I don't know. But yeah. that's a that should be a red flag because yeah. what's going to happen when you're 41? If at 21, right. it hurts to stand up for three or four hours at a time. Well, and we have these kids from birth to 21. So, you know, at some point when they're 40 and they're like, oh, have you ever had therapies in the past? And they're like, well, yeah, I went here. And people will be like, well, what the heck were they doing? (laughs) You don't want to do, you don't, you don't want to be, I don't want to be there. No, no, that's that's really not what you want to have happen. Uh Uh-uh, no, that's not, that's not the goal. (laughs) No, I think it's important for people to think, I mean, there's so many, like even a tennis shoe that you buy, um, they have new models that come out all the time, a new version of that tennis shoe. So what used to work in that tennis shoe last year may not be the same exact one in the same model next year kind of thing. You know, I found that a lot for myself and with the, my kids too. So sometimes you have to understand what you want your body to do so you can find the right footwear to to accomplish that. Yeah. And there's a lot of running stores that'll have yeah. like a treadmill in the store where you can walk or run or, or test them out before yeah. you take them. And there's different types of shoes. There's for a neutral foot, for a pronated foot, for a supinated foot. You can get into all that. Ultimately, 
they can assess you. You don't necessarily need a PT to do that, but you as the patient, as the person, needs to try them on and see what's going to work best for you. Because yeah. just because that's for a pronated foot, it might not be comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very individualized. I try different shoes all the time. I'm not like a, hey, this is the brand and this is the only brand I'm going to wear. I'm like, oh, this came out and I want to try it on. And then I try it on and I'm like, oh, I love this shoe. And that'll be my shoe for a while. And then they change the model out and I'm like, I don't like it anymore. I like that shoe. They mess with it. It was so good. (laughs) You know, we have asking parents to bring in the shoes that they're going to wear. And so sometimes, you know, Finances can be a factor, yeah, because shoes can get really expensive, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes can then we get can... like are are there? Yes, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when we're talking about sneakers, sometimes if it's not the maybe best quality of sneaker, we can kind of meet that by prescribing an orthotic that's going to give more support. So again, just some things to consider mm-hmm. to get the needs for the child met within the reason or the abilities of the family. And so if they have a sneaker and we can get them an orthotic, sometimes those can be purchased through insurance as well. Mm-hmm. So again, just some things to consider when you're out there trying to meet the needs of each individual patient. So Kirsty, as we're wrapping up this uh, second and a two-part series, about physical therapists and factors that have to do with shoes and feet and your perspective on all that, which has been great. Thank you. Sort of the main takeaways are, one, sneakers over other dress shoes, right? That's true. And, you know, really, honestly, if you see a bunch of physical therapists, they're always in tennis shoes, aren't they? Most. Well, that's mostly because a power chair is going to roll over your toe, and that's a bad day. It is a bad day, but (laughs) okay. All right, but I just believe that they're because they're making good foot choices, good shoe choices for themselves. 100%. That's right, because they live what they preach every day. Every physical therapist does. I absolutely. Let's just boom. All right, I'm not going to even look at what I saw on your feet right now, but whatever. (laughs) Not a pair of Crocs. Okay. (laughs) Number two. (laughs) Number two, the takeaway was that, you know, there's some criteria when you're looking for shoes, right? So review those for us. It should pass a twist test. It shouldn't twist, shouldn't bend up, heel and toe shouldn't touch, and laces? Laces. Okay, yeah, I got it. See, I was paying attention the whole time. And <laughs> and um, the last one is sometimes you have to give a little, right? So you can give a little and, and know what your ultimate goal is, and you may have to work through different situations with different ages and kids and stages to get what you want. But if know it's all your, your audience. way, know your audience. But if it's your way or the highway, probably you're not going to ever get what you want. Um, or they might wear those shoes walking out of there, but that'll be it. <laughs> that'll <laughs> be the again. last time they put them on there. That'll be the last time they put those things or the orthotics on their feet or whatever it was. Yeah. Okay. This has been great. So go back and check out part one. It's on the working therapist. You can get there by the working therapist.com or pediatricdt.com and push the link. And there you go. And also part two. And yeah. we did talk a lot about orthotics in this podcast. Mm-hmm. We do carry a really good line here in clinic um, yes. by the company Nolero. And so there's a little step line and a quadricep line we use those a lot um so and we do have a podcast on those check that out it is yes they're excellent product product right yeah oh yeah check those out that's great so we'll catch you next time on another episode of the working therapist thanks for joining us for today's edition of the working therapist an extension of the pediatric developmental therapy network for more information or to contact us visit us online at www.pediatricdt.com That's pediatricdt.com.